Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you're with MJ of the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well, and I hope you are enjoying the 50 most relevant for 2022. Working our way through who I think are the most intriguing, fascinating, and ultimately relevant players for you to look at in Supercoach, in Dream Team, and AFL Fantasy. So if you play across the board, there's a player that is here for you. Now, a player today is a perfect example of how we look at a player's relevance across the caveats of all formats, not just one. Because if this is Supercoach, this boy's jumping up a couple of rungs. But because of Dream Team and Fantasy, where he's not as much of a big boy in contrast to that format, whew, he's still good, but maybe not as elite as he is in that format. We're talking about Marcus Bontempelli. Uh, we had him on the episode just the other day. We had to get him back. Louis, hello, mate. How are you? Good. Thanks, MJ. It's great to be back again. How are you, mate? I'm good. I, I, I know when you set the research task of Bont, there were some interesting things, and I'm keen to get your take on him in, in just a little moment. But he's such a great player for so long, ever since his second season, when he burst onto the fantasy scenes and averaged that 92.3 as a forward, by the way, in Dream Team and Fantasy and the 102.9. Ever since then, he has not made a misstep for coaches. Still just the 26 years of age. His top score last year came against the Saints in AFL Fantasy and in Supercoach. It was 138 in AF and DT, while it was a 159 in Supercoach. His career high scores, though, came against the Crows. He, he narrowly missed joining the 200 club in Supercoach. That year, he was a one nine nine against the crows while in afl fantasy and dream team it was a 145 unadjusted that's up towards that 180 territory if you want to play that game in super coach he is going to set you back just over 650k a touch over 900,000 in afl fantasy and 920,000 is his nearing price point in dream team just kick off 300 bucks and that's where he is louis when we do talk about bond there's been this consensus really since that breakout season of 2015 that he's been a really, really good player. And some maybe up until two years ago went, oh, yeah, he's good, but he just feels like he's this, it's hyperbolic and exaggerated about how good he is. But I think if you've watched any footy over the past 12 to 24 months, this isn't hyperbole. He is a star of the competition. Oh, absolutely. Make no mistake. You could frame oh, tens of different arguments about how good of a player Marcus Bontempelli is. Arguably, he is the best player in the competition, which mm -hmm. is why we're speaking about him today. I mean, some of those numbers you just mentioned, and to have achieved that at just the age of 26, uh, you've got to start thinking that, well, hang on, this guy's career is far from over. In fact, there may still be an upward trajectory there. And I think that's got that exciting component for coaches because if we do look back over the past three seasons of data where he's really coming to his own since 2019, he's been good since 2015. But over the past three years, he's been consistent in and around that mid 
115 range across the formats in Supercoach and in and around a handful of points of that 105 marker in Dream Team and Fantasy. He's been great, but there's also been years where he goes on these runs, and we'll talk about that in a second, but he's just elite at so many things. Statistically and anecdotally, he's brilliant. Um, He's ranked first in the league last year for total inside 50s. The dogs love getting the ball into his hands, bringing it inside to that damaging forward 50 unit. Second for total meters gains and score involvements. Fifth for uncontested possessions and 12th for contested possessions. So he's got that ability to win the ball on the inside and be damaging. But if he gets space, oh my word, does he use the ball well? From a fantasy footy perspective in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, had the year average of 107.8, 16 tons uh, across all of the 22 games. You want to do your maths? Sure. Six games, he failed to reach triple digits. He was awesome in that format. Eight scores over 124, over 130. So there is that ability of him to deliver some captaincy scores and just the three scores under 80 all year. Ranked 14th for total points, 18th for averages. And while he's great there, Louis, Supercoach is his bag. 119.7 in that format. 16 tons, 12 over 120. Eight of those 16 tons, so 50% ratio, 130. So when he gets a ton, he goes on with it. And five of those tons over 145. And just the one score under 80 all year. Fifth for total points, sixth for averages. In Supercoach, he's one of the big boys. While in Dream Team and Fantasy, if he gets on a run, he can match it with the best of them. He can, and it's no surprise that he's probably a little bit better of a super coach player. Um, I mean, you've just given him a massive rap, MJ, but what he's able to do with the footy yeah. uh, really translates to that sort of code of fantasy. Whereas uh, in AF fantasy and in DT, unfortunately, um, you don't get the points that you do for the efficiency that you actually provide in a super coach type format, which is why he's probably a little bit more relevant in super coach than he is in AF. But mm. Uh, by all means, don't write him off because if you're jumping on at the right time in AFL Fantasy or Dream Team, then Marcus Bontempelli, uh, as you've seen the numbers, he's a consistent 100-plus guy. Average 108 in 2021. He's not going to be someone that lets you down. And I know you've done the, uh, the numbers, MJ, on what his floor actually was. Yeah, like he, he does not disappoint in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. There there were three scores beneath 70. There was then on top of that in Dream Team and Fantasy, one score in the 80s, a couple of 90s, and the rest is tons. Because you're right, that narrative has been, oh, we know he's super coach relevant because of the impact, because of how good of a user he is, because of the contested marks, the in and the outside game. But from round five all the way through to round 16, Uh, Let me walk you through the numbers of what he actually was able to deliver. Here it is. This is AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. 133, 102, 104, 131, 103, 138, 120, 125, 127, 135, 104, 94, 105, 123, up to round 19. Those are the kind of numbers when you kind of sprout them out, you think, oh, he's talking about Tom Mitchell. He's talking about Jackson McRae. It's talking about Jack Steele or Tuke Miller, the, the big boys of fantasy. 
this is Marcus Bontempelli. So he's got the capabilities to match it with those players that you've alluded to. And and I think it's an unheralded thing that sometimes we don't consider enough in the preseason is his durability, Louis, is impeccable. Hasn't missed three a game in three years and has only missed three games in the past six. He's so hard to tag. He gets it done on the in and outside. And so for coaches that are looking at some of the upper echelons and going, I don't know if I can spend the million dollars on the steals or the millers in dream team and fantasy. If he gets on a run, like I just quoted then to start the year, he's going to give you a comparable scoring component to them at a way discounted price of potentially a hundred to $150,000 cheaper. Oh, 100% he will. And he builds that off of the way that he actually builds his stat sheet. I mean, uh, what deficiency does this guy have? He gets yeah. plenty of the pill. Uh, he gets plenty of clearances, marks, uh, goals, which is one thing that we don't see a lot of midfielders really accumulate. Like he averaged 1.2 goals a game as a midfielder last year. Wow. So, you know, that's while averaging four marks, five tackles. So he's, he's chasing the footy as well. So, of course, in 2021, we saw him actually present his best ever AFL fantasy score. And I think that was partly due as well, MJ. I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last couple of years, especially with the Dogs and, and Melbourne and to a lesser extent, probably Geelong as well, they haven't really ran a tagger. That's and true. we've seen pretty much the rest of the competition kind of follow suit. We know it's a copycat league. So I'm thinking that that possibly could be why we saw mm. the best of Marcus Bontempelli from a fantasy perspective. He's always been a great footballer. Yeah, no from question. From a fantasy perspective, I think that's where it lies. Yeah, I think coaches always look at these starting squad premiums because if you're not going to pursue him as, a, as in your initial squad of 30, it, just given how good he's been for the past three years especially, you you must keep him as a, as a continual watch list at the right price point. He can be amazing. But you're right, coaches are trying to go, well, he's a captaincy and super coach. So I think in that format, if we were to break it down format to format for a second, we just go, he's top five midfielder as far as I'm concerned in that format. He's got the equal ceiling to any of the other considerations you have. It's then just about preferences at that point and maybe your buy structure. And then potentially you're haggling over ten to $20,000. But if you're looking at the McRae's, Steele's, Mitchell's types um, and Miller's in Supercoach, he needs to be right in that consideration. There's no reason not to because of all those reasons you just so beautifully articulated. While in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, the question probably is, can I get him cheaper at a point in the year or can he elevate his game enough? And I don't know if he, he can or will. And part of that is just the pure volume of impact and, and the pure spread of points, given that midfield is so deep. And so I tried to look at, if I was to build a case for why I wouldn't go for Bontempelli, what would be the trigger point? Because the tag element's not going to stop him because people don't run it. And honestly, he's 190 plus centimetres. Show me a midfielder that's capable of stopping him there. And then if he drifts forward, show me a defender that can go with him in that same capacity and component. We've seen Dustin Martin and Christian Petrarca for the better part of the past couple of years expose teams that can maybe match them in one area, but not in another. And I think Bont's been 
equally as important at that. That forward line is looking much more structured now um, with, with some talls that have developed through there. So I think they're going to keep him as that clear, defined midfield role and just rest him or expose him, um, expose opposition teams with the matchup. But if you were looking for a reason not to go Bont, I think there's only one. It's this. You're convinced Josh Dunkley is going to give a strong, consistent, full season. Because when Dunkley plays and when he doesn't, over the past two years, the numbers of what it does to Bont are significant. And when I mean significant, it moves him into a territory that could become alarming. In 2021, for example, in the 11 games they played together in Dream Team and Fantasy, he averages 97.2. When he plays without him, it's 118.5. That's a differential in Dream Team and Fantasy of 21.4. It goes from a, a frustration to a captaincy consideration. Supercoach, very similar. 11 games with, 11 games without. When he plays with Dunkley, 107.2, while without him, 132.3. Similar in the year prior, in the 11 games he played with Josh Dunkley, unadjusted, um, he averaged 88 with him, 74.8 without him. Okay, so there's a bit of a split. With him, better, 122. But last year, again in 2020, 104.2. So it is an interesting dynamic, and maybe it's not Dunkley-specific, but maybe it's more connected to the broader challenges of so many good midfielders to fit into that unit that it almost requires one of them to be missing to really get that ball sharing right. Oh, it does. I mean, it's no surprise that the Bulldogs have had uh, some of the best depth in the competition for three, four, maybe even five years. Mm. Now. I know they were developing then, but you could clearly see it from a mile out. And now we've got, a pretty consistent bunch in there. So what are we looking at here? MJ Trelaw, yep. uh, Bailey Smith's made himself known, Dunkley, yes. McRae, yep. Libba, uh, and then we've got plenty more that do float through. I mean, McLean in previous years was pretty capable, although he didn't play a midfield role last year, um, prior to his knee rather. But they've got a really good mix there. And unfortunately, you know, that's five or six names. Yeah, so they're, many- they're not shy. And then you've got a lucky hunter. Exactly. on the outside um, rolling through there. And then some other considerations, Dunkley, who you mentioned, they've even at times given someone like a Johannesson to be a turn of speed. We saw Caleb Daniel rotating through there from time to time last year. So they are not shy of avenues through that space. No, and there's only a few guys that can play that midfield role at a time. So mm. perhaps, and I'm guessing that when Dunkley is in the team with him, it just means that there's an extra one, two, three rotations throughout the game. Yeah, quite possibly. just don't favour Bontempelli. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, he's probably such a good player, the Bont, that he's actually very capable of playing another role just as well and contributing to the team just as much, but up forward or, you know, hanging out on a wing or coming up behind the contest while Dunkley... Uh, or your McRae's, your Libbers, all of those guys do all the inside work instead. Yeah, I think that's a really nice capture point for us. And, and we still really haven't seen this Bulldog side. We, we know Bont's going to be an anchor. We know McRae will be there too. But it is the how does Smith 
Dunkley, Trelaw, and Hunter all coexist with these guys. Libba's not playing any other role outside of a center bounce midfielder. So it is going to be fascinating to see how this all evolves because we really haven't seen a full season of these guys together. We've seen patches, but it was, well, when Dunkley was in, Trelaw was slowly building. Then he was out and then the other was in and then um, Libba picked up. So it'll be fascinating to see. I think that's got to be the, the narrative you tell yourself when you turn yourself either on or off selecting Bontempelli. Uh, but for me, I, I think it's really clear over three years. He's missed a 115 in Supercoach with the ability to go on runs higher. He's missed a 105 in Dream Team with the ability to go on runs higher. In Supercoach, he must be in starting considerations. In Dream Team and Fantasy, you would need the hot start that we talked about earlier in the podcast to justify it. But at that price point of the 105, I do like other options that are either at a comparable price to him, <coughs> Josh Kelly, or some others that are a little bit cheaper that offer some more value. I still think he's going to be very good this year, but I'd, I'd rather, I think that the raw numbers are against him starting the year like that. So for me, it's upgrade in those formats, but very much watch list right across the year. What, what are you doing with him, Louis, in those formats? No, I completely agree with you, MJ. Uh, he would have to get off to a seriously hot start. I mean, uh, even going back to 2021, arguably his best year yet, even in the games where he, re- where he reached that high ceiling of 130 plus, which was four times, mm. he still had to kick three, one, four, and three goals. And there's yeah, wow. a plethora of tackles in there, marks. He's really built that score quite difficultly. Mm. So a lot has to go right for him to come up with some the real ceiling. dominating numbers. Like I'm talking 150 plus. I mean, the stuff that McRae does three, four, five times a season. And unfortunately for Bond, I just don't see it because he's such a good, impactful player. It's almost working the opposite way for him. And it's it's not indifferent to other great players too. No. I mean, um, Nat Fife, I know he's a great super coach player. Yeah, it's almost he's the same contrast. Yeah. a massive AFL fantasy player. Um, yeah. I mean, go back years and years and years. Look at Chris Judd. He was never a 110 guy ever. Yeah, that's true. He floated around 100 and he was a seriously impactful player. One of the best players of all time. Yep. So, um, and you know what? I'm not afraid in saying that maybe Marcus Bonsempelli is not a, not a far off. Yeah. At least in a few years anyway. So I think it's good, man. So yeah. for AF, he is a uh, upgrade target. It's not yep. a starting option and, you know, get on him at the right time. And I think you'll be riding at 105 plus for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think so. Look, for those curious about what his fixture looks like over the first few weeks, the, the grand final rematch is kicking off 2022 against the Ds. Carlton at Marvel Stadium, the Swans at Marvel Stadium, Richmond at the G, North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium. And then in round six, they head to Mars Stadium to take on the Crows before they take on Essendon, Port, Collingwood, and the Gold Coast. So that's kind of what it looks a little bit like just before they head into the buys. He's going to be very good this year. Uh, I don't think he's going to be too far away from what we've seen over the past three years. But if you get the timing right, he'll provide some supreme value for his owners. All right, let's look at what we do on draft day with him. I think if we were to kind of split down the formats of how you might choose to draft in Supercoach, Given that he's been Mr. 115 and ranked inside the top five for midfielders, he's no doubt an M1, but he is absolutely a consideration for a late 
first round pick, but definitely will be gone no later than in the early second. While in ultimate footy scoring or AFL fantasy or dream team, depending which of those you choose to draft in, we prefer ultimate footy, but equally all as viable. Um, I think he's an M2 in that format and could drift to be as, or maybe the reach is a third, maybe the fourth, depending on if people go heavy in other positions. Do you see him going much later than that space, Louis, in a draft? No, I don't. Just based on name value alone, I, yeah. I'd almost look at it the other way where someone will just be a very keen dog supporter or just a football lover. They see that name, Marcus Bontempelli, you know, drafted straight away. So, yeah, for me, I've got him at about M2. I wouldn't yep. quite be comfortable with him at M1 just based on that ceiling in AF. Mm. But um, I, I think, yeah, he sits comfortably as an M2. And if you can get him a little bit later, as you said, MJ, well, good on you. Yeah, every kind of pick that goes past and you're entering into the fourth round and he's still there, you're kind of just rubbing your hands together, just thinking, oh, I feel like I've winning the draft in the first couple of rounds. It's it's amazing what he could be for coaches in 2022. Hey, mate, as always, appreciate your fine work on this podcast. All right, thanks for having me, MJ, once again. Mate, it's always a pleasure if you want to go in and check out the article. It is online for you now at coachespanel.tv. While you're there, all the links uh, to join our Patreon supporter group, you can go and check out. There are tiers that are right for you from as little as a couple of bucks a month. We get a few little exclusive pieces of content and rewards right up to some great exclusive stuff that only those premium tier levels get. If you want to check it out, it's one of the great ways you can support us. All the details for that at coachespanel.tv because from that breakout tier or above, you actually get these 24 hours early. Yep, they already know who's at number 30 and why Rids and I think he could be an incredible player for us in 2022. I'll give you a bit more of a clue in a moment about who that is. But Louis, mate, you're an absolute superstar. Appreciate your fine work on this, mate. No, thanks, MJ. You too, mate. You're an absolute guru. Oh, if you want to go any more back in time and listen to these podcasts, you can. Yep, we're almost out of the 30. So if your preseason is just getting underway, there is hours of podcasts to go and check out. Tomorrow, we hit the number 30 on the 50 most relevant. And I did the stats on this player as a part of the preseason research. And there is a period of time last year where this player, and I'm not just talking about a small period of time, I'm talking about for the better part of half the season that this guy was better than Jack Steele and he was better than Jack McRae. Who is he? And why is he so low in the 50 most relevant? And why does no one have him? Or do they? Is there regression? Or that hot run he had last year, will it continue? You'll find out tomorrow in the 50 most relevant.